You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're back at it. It's week two. Thursday is here, Thursday Night Football. Matt and I will be previewing the Giants at the Washington football team Thursday night and getting into some of the Sunday action as well. Those early Sunday games, 1 p.m., Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific for us on the West Coast. Get up early and watch football with breakfast and then continue watching all day long. Uh, We've got a bunch of games early. Then we'll get to the late afternoon games and then primetime Sunday night football, Monday night football, and then review what we saw Thursday night on tomorrow's program. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. And don't forget about the new relaunching Locked on NFL Draft podcast, September 20th. That's this coming Monday with brand new host Eric Crocker. He brings the player scouting perspective, former NFL and AFL player, along with Ryan Tracy, who brings the analytics. Follow the new Locked on NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt, how pumped are we for week two here? Super pumped. I'm, su- I'm pumped up for the uh, the NFL Draft podcast, too. That's good stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to balance those worlds a little bit. Trying to, I always tell myself I want to get ahead of my usual in the draft prep, but always tough to do once the, the season starts rolling. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you got week two right upon us, and that's where we're at right now. Weeks go quick. It's amazing. You get two days it off, is. and then it's football again. And you got to love that aspect of Thursday night football. I think the players who have a quick turnaround that played Sunday got to play again. Thursday might not like it as much. A couple of teams that were uh, in the loss column from week one, the New York Giants at the Washington football team. Washington favored by three and a half in this one. And I, I just feel like I saw more to like, even though they lose their starting quarterback, which is usually never good. But I don't know. Maybe from starter to backup, the Fitzpatrick to Heineke worries me less than a lot of starter to backup situations in the NFL. Do you feel the same, Matt? I think so. And maybe that's a little biased in Heineke's favor after a really good showing against the Bucks in the postseason. But he's aggressive. You know, um, he, he's not bashful. He has a lot of Fitzpatrick-like traits to him, which over an extended stretch, can get exposed. Um, I want to talk more about him in a minute, but there's two things I want to throw out super quick. I mean, I know this is only week two, and but history shows, and history is changing because now there's 17 games and there's seven playoff teams. But usually, if you go 0-2, which applies to these two teams, you only make the postseason about 12% of the time. So – Maybe that bumps to 15 this year in the new format or something, but still it's very, very low. So one of these teams would have to buck the the odds to get to the postseason if they lose tonight. Did you see anything that changed your opinion on the New York Giants in week one against the Broncos? It was 27-13, and, and really it's it comes down to Daniel Jones in a lot of ways. Um, th- did you see something in this team? Because they do have some talent on defense, and I thought it, we talked about it post-game with the Giants. The more I went through the week, I thought maybe the Giants are one of the teams I'm sleeping on. A little step forward for Jones. They've got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. They should be pretty good up front. They should be able to stop the run. Uh, they got some guys that can cover a little bit. And then they have um, you know, some weapons for Jones on offense to take that next step. Didn't see it in week one. And, and no. uh, it made me feel like, yeah, you know what? Maybe just that first initial read was correct. And we're not sleeping on this football team. Uh, so 
to me, when you look at a 3.5 point line, that's telling me that they think the home team, which is Washington in this case, on a neutral field, would only be favored by a half a point. And I just don't agree with that. I think Washington is the the leader in the clubhouse here, both in the division and even in this game, without Ryan Fitzpatrick, with Taylor Heineke even. And to be honest, I don't think the Giants have a, a quarterback advantage. I haven't seen that from Daniel Jones. He's got to prove it to me. It's a big year for him. Haven't seen it yet in his career and didn't see it in week one. Much of the offseason, I thought, man, I'm being too hard on the Giants, you know. I like the makeup of their defense, very much so. We didn't see that very much in week one, but I think this can be a top half of the league, if not better, type of defense. Maybe get a little edge pass rush from Ojolari and those type of guys. Um, there's some defensive backs I like and the big pluggers in the middle of the defensive front. And, man, they got skill position guys. And like you said, you know, Daniel Jones takes a step forward. But, man, I, I know it's only one week, but I do not a Jason Garrett believer, and I can't believe how much this team neglected the offensive line and going after guys like Galladay and Tony. I mean, when you could have just probably plugged in a guard or whatever. Um, so I think the foundation just isn't very stable. And, and the one thing I just wanted to mention, too, just because it's early in the season, the home team on Thursday night basically gets one more practice. I mean, the the the, the opponent, the away team, really gets very little practice time. And that's why the NFL has divisional games on Thursday nights, you know, pretty much, you know, a high percentage of the time because there's a familiarity. That bothers me because I think division games are more important. So why are we putting them in a situation where they're less prepared? But that's a whole different story. You know, and generally you'd be like, boy, Heineke doesn't have much time to prepare for this game as a starter, and he doesn't, but I'm not sure it's that big a deal. I mean, they're at home. He has some experience in this system, and I, I like Washington here. And, you know, really my last note is I think the Washington defense didn't quite play up to their offseason reputation last year or last week. I think they will tonight, and I think Jones will be under so much duress. You know, a loud crowd, night game, bad O-line, great D-line, and he puts the ball. I mean, he's a fumbler. He's doesn't get a lot of help, and frankly, Saquon Barkley doesn't look right to me. So no. <laughs> I, I think the Giants are in trouble. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, no Evan Ingram. Right. Here's actually a stat, and I think it's perfectly – well stated by you. Um, and actually, Jones, Daniel Jones was pro football focus's 10th highest graded passer in 2020 okay. when kept clean. But that's the problem. When kept clean. Yeah, and right. uh, they had the PFF's 32nd ranked offensive line entering the season. And so that's the problem. You go up against a team like Washington, who's got a bunch of studs up front. And uh, I think the Chargers did a really good job against them. Slater was awesome as a rookie on the edge against a guy he's battled before in college and did a really nice job there against Excellent. them. Yeah. So um, can that happen in week two for the Giants offensive line? And I don't see that happening. And, and that's really where the game starts and ends here. And, and yeah, unfortunately and for the Giants, I think that's going to be the big story. I think you're right. And, you know, last note, I mean, I'm, I don't say a lot of kind things about Daniel Jones. And I think even in week one, I said, I don't think he'll be a week one starter next year. But to your point, one of the reasons my hunch is that he's ranked that high on pro football focuses from a clean pocket rankings was he's a pretty good deep passer. So I guess the logic was, well, let's get him a deep weapon in Galladay and a gadget guy in Tony, but none of that stuff matters if you don't protect them. <laughs> you know, like you're missing, you know, you're missing the foundation here. 
A couple quick notes here on the Washington offense. Aside from Heineke, he's got some help. I love what I saw from McLaurin. He only had four catches, but I felt like he was the guy that was going to go make plays for them. That's the vibe I got from him in that game. And then Gibson is uh, worth the the ticket price, man. This guy's fast and athletic out of the backfield and looks like the real deal and could be a boon for some fantasy football teams this year as well, especially if he starts getting into the end zone. And and when you do get down to the red zone, then you have Logan Thomas. So I, I just like how every level and every aspect of their offense, they have something that they can utilize there uh, in Washington as they try to keep games close with the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I think McLaurin is a budding star. Logan Thomas is one of the more underrated receiving tight ends, and they just gave him money. I think Gibson is a massive breakout candidate, and then you mix in Samuel when he's healthy and um, the kid they draft, Naomi Brown, you know, know, McKissick, some role players as well. I think they're okay on offense. I like their skill guys quite a bit. Sneaky fantasy by Diami Brown. He can get deep. Uh, he he was yeah. he was clearly the wide receiver too. So he didn't get targeted a lot in that game. Uh, I think he only uh, uh, let's see what he had. Yeah, he had four targets. He only had one catch. So not a very efficient day for him. And uh, and his yeah, catch right. was behind the line of scrimmage for minus two yards. So uh, <laughs> stats wise, not a great start for Diami Brown. But he can get deep. And he's on the field a lot. So maybe a sleeper player to have a little bit of a breakout as a rookie that nobody's really talking about in Brown to be next to McLaurin, who should get all of the attention. McLaurin versus Bradbury. I think that's the most fun matchup maybe in this game. We'll see what Heineke can do. But I I would tend towards Washington here laying the points, probably the under. You know, I mean, I I still think that Giants D is pretty formidable. If they can protect Jones, though, Shepard, Slayton, Galladay, Barkley, Shepard was very impressive last week. Yeah, he went off. Seven catches, 113 in the tutty. So, um, I mean, there's talent there. And Jones is Jones isn't a disaster either. That's the no, thing. It's like the, you could see this team clicking, and that's what we talked about. Maybe we were down too, too much on them, but I don't know. Is it coaching? Is it is is there just not that much there with Jones? There's just something that when I watch, every time I watch this team, I'm like, eh, they just don't have any it. Whatever it is, I just don't have any um, – any feelings about this team going and, and, and making big plays and going in just flat out winning football games? I, I understand that Jason Garrett's an easy scapegoat and guy to blame, but there's very little creativity on this offense. I don't think they help the line as much as they should. You know, it, it's so heavy personnel wise in favor of skill guys instead of blockers. And Jones can't escalate everybody. I mean, in a, I would love to see Daniel Jones in a really fine situation with a quality O line. I think maybe he could be a cousins or a, you know, a middle of the road type dude if everything's optimal. But asking him to create and you know, when not handle you know, handle a serious pass rush, I don't think that's who he is. And I, I was never a huge fan of him coming out of college, to be honest. I am glad you named a couple, and we got to move on to these other games. I'm glad yeah, you yeah. named a couple of the rookies there for the New York Giants, and Ojolari is one of my favorites, and he got a sack in his first game. It was more of an effort sack than anything else, but he was in the backfield a little bit and, and looks the part, looks really athletic coming off the edge in a third down roll. And then Kadarius Tony, we mentioned Diami Brown had minus two yards. So did Kadarius Tony, a couple of rookie wide receivers <laughs> that were on the field but didn't break out last week, and you can tell how they want to utilize him as a gadget player, so if he can break one, I think that that's what they're going to have to do on offense is get the ball early out to some of these receivers and then make some big plays. Moving on, we've got a bunch of early Sunday games to preview, and we're not going to go as deep with those, but we want to uh, get into some of these Week 2 football games, and there's a lot of good ones coming up here on Peacock and Williamson. 
You know what I love about Rock Auto? Not only are they a family business and rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are into cars or even just to do it yourself or with some minor repairs and minor parts here or there to keep your car in prime condition, you can find everything you need. You don't need to go to some chain store with their oddball pricing and never knowing what's in stock and never knowing what the guy on the other side of the counter is looking at on the screen. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or any account login. And they have literally everything. Blows my mind what they have in stock at RockAuto.com for your specific car, whether it be a classic or your daily driver. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You talked about teams and their percentage getting to the playoffs if they go 0-2. The Cleveland Browns started 0-1. Even though they had a big lead on what a lot of people think is the best team in the NFL and the Chiefs in week one. The Texans coming in, though, into Cleveland at 1-0. Can the Texans do the impossible and put the Browns down 0-2? Or uh, will the Cinderella story of the Texans end after one week? I think Cleveland's a really good football team. And and they lost to just a little bit better football team. And I think they're learning how to close out games and... The Chiefs are the polar opposite. I mean, they're never out of anything, of course. Um, and Houston, to me, what they did this past week was great. As you know, unexpected, but a mirage. And I don't know if the Browns will cover. I mean, it's a big line. It's twelve and a half is the last I saw. It's the, yeah, it's the right biggest here? line of the week. Twelve and a half. The the betters surely don't care about what the Texans did in Week One and don't believe it. No, and I think Browns fans will be wound up and very favorable. I think the Browns win this one big, but they have some injuries too. This Odell thing is a problem. I mean, uh, the Higgins and people's Jones of the world are fine, but no one's Batman in that passing game right now. They really, really spread the ball around to the tight ends and Chubb even and hunt and all these receivers. They could really use a one, and I don't think it matters in this game, but it's something that's looming that worries me about this offense. Anthony Schwartz is an interesting one. Let, let's continue uh, featuring a rookie in every game here. Anthony Schwartz has speed, and he was utilized that way for this team with Odell out. And by the way, Odell already ruled out for this game in, in week right. two here. Um, he had a, a 44-yarder. He was given the ball to the backfield. He had a 17-yard carry as well. So I think that's the speed element. And if he can be that, I didn't really expect Anthony Schwartz to be a factor for this Browns offense. But they need that speed, and, and they're trying to utilize it. And they already tried to utilize it in week one. So that's an interesting one there. And then they got a, a you know two-headed tight end situation with Joku. And we know how they can run the football. But that speed element is something they need. So maybe they found it in Schwartz. I don't know. It was an interesting little debut for him. Yeah, and I thought it was an interesting draft pick, too. I mean, sort of remind me a little bit of, like, the Ravens taking Marquise Brown. We're going to run the ball a ton, but if we have this dude that runs a 4-2 and, you know, this guy, you know, Schwartz has, you know, world-class sprinter speed, it just makes it harder for you guys to stack the line of scrimmage against us and all those cliches. I didn't expect him to do anything more than that, but now he's asked to and he played well. But there's also a book on him now. 
they need route runners, in my opinion. You know, I mean, Landry's fine, but he's not dynamic. You know, Schwartz is dynamic, but he's not experienced. You know, the other guys are down the list a little. So that's where Odell would fit in. Again, I don't think it matters in this one. I, I think that they get after Tyrod Taylor and play very well and dominate the game. But that's a big line. It's a huge line. That one scares me. Yeah. And, but I don't feel confident enough in what I saw from uh, the Texans against the Jaguars in week one to pick them either. So a game I'm definitely no. staying away from. But we can't we can't sit on the fence here on this show, Matt. So we've got to pick one or the other. And uh, I guess I'll take the points because it's I'll so many points. I mean, that's I don't know. But the Browns yeah. could absolutely blow them out as well. My hunch is Houston, I mean, just kind of a prediction going forward. I don't think they're going to win many games, of course. My opinion of them hasn't changed dramatically. But I could see some backdoor covers in the Texans' future this year where they're losing the whole thing, but they don't give up, and all these guys fighting for jobs, and they come back and make things close. I'm going to take the Browns, though. I think the Browns are not desperate, but just got embarrassed a little and have to get back on track and blow this team out. At home, yeah. At um, home. Jeremiah yeah. Uwusu Koromoa, he's the real deal. How did these guys oh, fall yeah. in the second round? I do not know. He just moves differently. Uh, he's undersized for a linebacker, which is part of it. You know, he's safety size playing linebacker, and they're using him in some interesting ways. I really like Uwusu Koromoa. I think he's going to be even potentially a star in this league, too. Uh, and that defensive front is much better than the Jaguars. We saw Tyrod Taylor turning oh, back man. the clock and making dudes miss. That would there. You had free, uh, I think it was... Um, uh, who was the uh, the first round pick for the Jaguars last year? The pass rusher LSU. Oh, Chase on, yeah, uh, Chase on, yeah, Chase on had him dead to rights in the backfield, and Tyrod Taylor juked him like three times and then made a play w- with his arm. So I-, I love seeing Tyrod in Week One. I don't know if the that's going to continue against this front. Um, and the other weird thing about you know the rookie watch here with the Texans, you would think they would be buoyed by a bunch of rookies, but they are a veteran filled team, which is part of why I think they beat the Jaguars. You know, veterans are the, the ones that are making the difference on that football team right now. That's a really good point. I mean, as young as the Jags are with the new head coach, the Texans are a bunch of veterans that knew how to prepare for week one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that might have been the whole story of that game, the more I think about it. And really the theme where now you come back to earth and you got to play, you know, top teams in the league and you're just not as talented. Well, and they didn't have a choice because they haven't had a lot of high draft picks anyway for those rookies. Wow, that's who. Yeah, play a lot early. <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on to a couple of teams that are undefeated right now, the 49ers and the Eagles. Niners were blowing out the Lions. Uh, it got a little too close for comfort at the end. When, in the last, it was, it was 41-17 with two minutes to go, and it ended up being a one-score game there with the two-point conversion for the Lions of tying that football game. But uh, Niners coming in undefeated. They're on the road again, this time in Philly to face the 1-0 and Eagles. Niners on the road favored by three. I would be a little worried if I were you here. You know, I mean, the cross-country road trip. Did they stay in the East area? They you stayed in that? West Virginia at the Greenbrier, which is something ah. they've done before. That's what the 49ers have been doing if they have back-to-backs uh, on, on the Eastern hemisphere, the eastern uh, part of the United States. Okay. I think that's useful. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'll look, not that I'm an expert on travel and all those things, but I think that's probably a smart move. But... Philly's in a pretty good spot, got themselves a little bit of confidence. I think they're good at both lines of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the Niners will run all over them. I mean, I, I think this could be a bit of a slog. You say it was three or three and a half? It is three. 
Ooh, I wish it was three and a half because I was going to take the Eagles. Because <laughs> I think that's a really good line, to be very honest with you. Yeah, um, so basically they're saying it's a six-point game, 49ers advantage at a neutral site. Uh, and yeah. I think that is a pretty good line. But I, I'm, I'm going to still give away those points, and, and I'll take the 49ers on the road. Um, I don't think the Eagles can sneak attack the 49ers here. New coach, uh, the 49ers have an opportunity to – you know, watch the film and see what the Eagles are doing. But I, yeah, I like Devontae yeah. Smith. I thought Hertz played well. I think Sirianni really passed his first test as a head coach. Um, and they're good on both lines of scrimmage. And that was the difference we saw against the Atlanta Falcons last week. They are not good on both lines of scrimmage. And the Eagles with, you know, athleticism on offense and good lines on both sides of the ball, that's a pretty high floor team that I think we didn't give them credit for. And, you know, 49ers fans looking at this schedule thought, okay, cool, 2-0 and after Detroit and Philly, and then it really starts with Green Bay in week three. And, and right now I'm not sure if the Eagles uh, are, are worse competition than the Packers from what we saw in week one. Yeah. Uh, again, this kind of reminds me a little of the Browns in that I expect the Niners to be one of the best teams in the league. And they did show that for most of the game, but – I think that they have too much firepower, and I'll lay the points. But if it was three and a half, I'd probably take the Eagles. It might take a while for this one. This could be close for a long time, and then maybe the Niners break it open. Rookie watch here, uh, no doubter, Elijah Mitchell. Wow, didn't see that coming. And he is the first, I believe he's the first ever day three running back to go for 100 yards in his rookie debut. Really? Yeah which wow. is pretty wild. We've seen a lot of really that good is. late running backs, but it usually takes them a little while. It's usually not uh, game one where they just roll out there and uh, carry the ball 20 times and have 100 yards. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So the Niners can run block, and he's a perfect fit for Shanahan's offense. So that'll be interesting if he can keep that going and how Sermon is involved now that um, the 49ers have lost Raheem Mostert, Jason Verrett gone too. So the secondary is the thing. So the 49ers do have to get home up front, protect their secondary. They're going to be starting Josh Norman and rookie fifth rounder Diamador Lenore, I think, at cornerback this week because their two starting corners are out. I don't think Mosley, Emmanuel Mosley is going to play either. Um, so they got to cover a lot more speed than they did last week against the Lions on the back end. Yeah, and I think the, the Eagles will be able to protect. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they – you know, Rager or Smith, you know, convert a, a long ball or, you know, Hurts gets free. Uh, I think this is a really equal game just for where both teams are right this minute. But I think the Niners are the better football team. Tr- trust the coaching more, trust the quarterback more. So I'm going to take the Niners, but I think I'd be a little worried if I were you in your camp. Showdown of rookies of the year in that game. Non-quarterback division, Devontae Smith, and Elijah Mitchell calling it right now. Whoa. Yeah. It's a little bold <laughs> on Elijah. But uh yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, Devontae Smith was really, really good. Oh, he's good. He's just he's just good. That that's he's that, just good. that's the yeah. scouting report. One word good. Um <laughs> let's, go good, the, yeah. let's go to the Bengals and Bears. I got a question for you before I make my pick. How many okay. snaps does Justin Fields take in this game? Um I'm gonna say twenty five percent. Oh and possibly the entire fourth quarter because mm. I think they're going to lose. Mm. And I'm going to take the Bengals and the points. And I think Burrow and company have a nice day and Mixon controls the game a little bit. And by the end of the game, Bears fans are losing their mind. And they finally say, Justin, see what you can do. And then going into week three, he'll be the undisputed starter. So, that's my so the baton is passed in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, yeah, Chicago favorite at home by two and a half. Uh, Got to take the Bengals, I think, on this one. I think there's more there for the Bears than we saw in week one, but uh, Justin Fields it can be a problem for some teams. Don't think Andy Dalton will. Maybe Andy Dalton gets up for this Bengals game. And um, But, That's yeah, the great. way you laid it out there is not a good situation. <laughs> you laid out the Bengals victory side of things very easily. Um, both defenses I'm slightly worried about right now. So this is a tough game. It could go yeah. really in any direction. I think the over-under is what I would play more so than anything. Over-under 45, I, I kind of want to go over on that one. Possibly, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great answer for Montgomery and Robinson and Mooney. And side note, I thought Cole Komet looked really good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if Fields gets some playing time, maybe he gets, you know, a, a big player too as a runner and passer, especially late in the game. Yeah, the over seems... Yeah, like a, not a bad call here. It's going to be fun um, to see these young quarterbacks. Sorry to interrupt. It's going to be fun to see no, these young quarterbacks here if they ramp up their usage. Even if you know Dalton remains the starter through the fourth quarter, how much more guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields play in week two now? Yeah, I do think that's certainly a storyline across the league with those two, You know, for, without question. I hate to say this because I'm often disrespectful of the Bengals you know, from my Steeler lens, but <laughs> it, it I just think it'll be a really bad look for the Bears if and when they lose this game, you know, and that would take Cincy to 2-0, and by the way. So I'm not totally disrespecting them. I'm picking them to win. So if you lose to the Bengals and start at Dalton, that's a hard one to swallow for a fan base, and I think it means Fields has to be the guy soon, if I'm right about that. Right, so Fields plays to help you win – so he's got to play a little bit more, I think. And if he plays a lot at the end of the game, that means you're losing, which means it's his job. So either way, right, right, like right, right. everything, every path leads to fields in Chicago, essentially, is what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's just time. I mean, I know it's super early, but it, Dalton's so conservative, and he's he's a backup. I mean, I think we just know what Dalton is. All right, let's this come back. We've got your situation. Uh, we got a ton of games to get to. Let's finish it up. Bills, Dolphins is a really fun one. Rams, Colts, Jets, Patriots, some NFC or AFC East matchups, and Raiders, Steelers coming up. All eyes back on the NFL as teams are back on the field. Another football season is here. Not only pro, but college action as well. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. And I know y'all are pumped up after seeing football. Sometimes it's a slow burn, too. You're like, all right, the season back, what's it going to be like? You're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. This is awesome. Overtime, Monday Night Football, great. Let's throw some money down because now I have a good feel for what these teams are going to look like in 2021. A new updated site and interface at betonline.ag with even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On. Not only football, but basketball, boxing, baseball, your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available this season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, quick view of the the Steelers after week one and the Raiders. Both teams 1-0 here. Pittsburgh favored by six at home. Uh, I love the Steelers in this one. I wish the line was a little bit closer, but you know, teams like Houston and Las Vegas, it seems like they, they didn't convince their own town, Vegas, about these lines, about uh, how how their teams played in week one. It seems like they're, whatever they did in week one didn't matter when we're looking at these week two lines. Yeah, are we going to talk Steelers-Raiders here then, I guess? Uh, Steelers-Raiders, yeah, sorry. So Steelers-Raiders. 
I think this is a really bad spot for the Raiders. I mean, they played five quarters of football. They have to travel across the country for the Steelers home opener that, of course, didn't have fans last year. The place is going to be really, really loud. They have to they have a big rest advantage for Pittsburgh. Tomlin has a tremendous record over his career when his team has a rest advantage. Um, but here's the key to me is we saw what the Steelers defensive front, which frankly I think is the best in football, did to Josh Allen and the Bills. Well, Alex Leatherwood was a disaster at right tackle. He gets T.J. Watt. The interior of the offensive line is either in Seattle or Arizona from last year. Incognito missed that game on Monday, and then Denzel Good gets hurt in the game. Like, this offensive line is in for a long, long day with crowd noise working against some short week cross-country road trip against Cam Hayward and Ingram and Watt and those guys. And we know Carr is one of those guys, you know, sort of like we talked about Daniel Jones, the much better version that handle needs to be protected. You know, I mean, more so than some quarterbacks. So I I think that the pass rush is just going to be a dominant force. Career year for Derek Carr last year. And I feel like he played a really good week one and I've never been the biggest fan of Derek Carr. And, you know, people like to say, and there's so many quarterbacks that you say, ah, you know, it's maybe a top 10 to 12 quarterback. Well, there's 20 top 10 to 12 quarterbacks. And, and you know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, but I got to give him his respect and his due played well last year, looked good, brought the team back in week one. Didn't fold. I think his weapons are playing better. I think they maybe improved a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. That said, uh, I can't pick against the Steelers, and I think you nailed it. We've talked about it a lot, and uh, you know maybe we'll end up being broken records by the end of the year as we talk so much about fantasy and skill players and all this. It all starts up front, Matt, and yeah. that is a huge win for the Steelers up front defensive line against the remade Raiders offensive line. Yeah, and when we preview games on my Steelers show – we often just kind of preview opposing offensive lines. And when the Browns are, you know, on the schedule, it's like, whoa, the Steelers probably won't destroy Baker Mayfield. But when you see a bad line, it's like, I know the Steelers will be in this game at the minimum, you know, because they're they're a defensive front that leads the league in sacks every year. Rex Shaw. And, you know, the, the, the Steelers' offensive line wasn't super impressive. And no. the Raiders... Like Max Crosby is everywhere in that game. Was it the competition or is the Raiders defensive line ready for prime time? So that's a question I think we'll get answered in week two. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing or not, but Yannick Ndokwe left that game and looked really good. They could really use him opposite Crosby in this one because that's a pretty formidable pair. Let's go to the AFC East. We've got Bills at Dolphins. The Bills 0-1 lost to those Steelers in Week 1, which is why I'm so high on the Steelers, and I already thought people were sleeping on the Steelers because of how good their defense was. Uh, Seeing them play against the Bills gave me a little confidence in that team. Uh, Are you worried about the Bills at all? Josh Allen kind of reverted to two years ago, Josh Allen, in Week 1, and was that the Steelers' defense, or was that you know just his development's going to be up and down and bumpy through the early part of his career? And the Dolphins just kind of played Dolphins football and won by one point over Bill Belichick's Patriots last week and are now 1-0 and and are now at home and are the home dogs against the Buffalo Bills. And those home dogs are sneaky. Those are usually pretty good bets, Matt. You like the Dolphins uh, plus three and a half points here. I do. I'm going to take Miami. Um, am I worried about Buffalo? Not so much. I do think that the Steelers are just a very bad matchup for the Bills with that pass rush and ability to dominate the line of scrimmage. But Miami's no joke either, and they're going to throw a lot at Allen. 
and not that I'm a huge better, but that's kind of what we're talking here is one of my rules of thumb are I'm not going to bet against Miami in week one or two, especially against a Northern team. I'm assuming weather fatigue will work in their favor. And I think they keep it close. That's just what they do. They, they keep games close. They get a bounce. They get a special teams play. They get a, a turnover in particular. And they're getting you know, Will Fuller back. I think the Bills win this game. But I think it's competitive. And Miami's a quality team. Rookie watch here, Gregory Rousseau. I'm looking for him on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, in week one, he wasn't a huge factor. He showed up a lot in the preseason, so I'm looking for that, and that's important for this Bills defense is that defensive front, and there's a lot of big boys up there, and uh, they've put a lot of work and draft picks into that line, and it's got to start producing and, and get into opposing teams' quarterbacks. So that'll be important, and uh, you know, stop the run as well, obviously. is pretty important sure. uh, in the NFL still. And then uh, on the Dolphins' side of the ball, they got a lot of young players, but really the guy I was watching in week one was Jalen Waddell, and you just see the movement skills. Like yeah, he, yeah. he didn't blow up or anything like that. He had four catches. Uh, he was second in targets to Devontae Parker there, but he's a clear starter, a, a, a clear uh, difference-making type of player with his athleticism. And he's got ball skills to go with speed. He's not just a you know a one-speed guy, and that's it. He's a, he's a football player, so that's fun to watch, and it's good to see him on the NFL level and just you, to see these rookies show up and be like, okay, yeah, that's the guy that they probably hope they were getting yeah I mean, he, he's dangerous he's he looks exactly the part his movement skills are Tyreek-ish you know and you saw him a lot in the slot like they do with Tyreek probably running vertical routes quite a bit you know Fuller and Parker give them a nice compliment along with Gasecki, who's starting to kind of fade away um I have some worries about Tua don't get me wrong I don't know that he's gonna elevate those around him and again, I think Buffalo's the better football team and rebounds, and I just can't imagine the Bills being 0-2. But I think Miami sticks around on this one, especially in their building heat late in the game. It's a hard place to play right now. You know, it's funny. I have both Singletary and Miles Gaskin on fantasy teams because they're easy buys on draft day as running back yeah, ones yeah. for their teams and starters. And I don't think either one is in my starting lineup. It's like you have these guys in your roster. You just never feel super confident in them. They're like bye week guys, uh, even though, you know, they're they're pretty good players. But the, the very similar backfields there morning. with both these were like, ah, Bills and Dolphins running backs. Don't like them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, those are two backfields. A lot of the Jets in that division, just to kind of stay away from the best you can. You know, Gaskin is certainly a committee guy, although he's the best receiver of the group. But still, that, that's hard to count on. None well, of them are special. Yeah, talent. I like Gaskin over Singletary, too. Agreed. If we're, if we're comparing those two from a fantasy perspective. Uh, how about this one in the AFC East? We've got the Patriots at the Jets. Both teams winless coming in. Uh, the the Patriots were a little bit more impressive than the Jets in Week One. It's pretty clear the Jets have some more work to do building that roster out. But uh, it's really this is a showdown of the battle battle of the rookie quarterbacks and and Zach Wilson against Mac Jones. And I think we saw a little come to earth moment for a bunch of the rookie quarterbacks when we got to see him go against teams that were scheming things up and not just playing vanilla preseason football. Yes, and you know the the, the Patriots lost a tough one. I think the Jets are going to lose a lot of games. And this isn't a knock on Wilson or any of those type of things. I just think it's a Belichick versus rookie quarterback minus Mekhi Becton problem. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It's just that they don't have many advantages. And I don't think the Jets defense is particularly good. I think they can just kind of stick with the run, not ask a ton out of Mac Jones, slowly pull away methodical type Belichick win. 
And the only thing that's keeping this from being, I think, a big win points-wise for the Patriots is it might be a, just a total low-scoring game. Over-under is 42, which I sure. believe is the lowest on the slate. And um, so that's maybe, you know, the Patriots love those win-by-three football games. And they're on the road. Uh, and Zach Wilson's probably going to have to throw it to to win this game for the Jets because they don't have much going on in the ground game either. No Mekhi Becton, so that means third downs. The Patriots coming after him. I just don't like that that recipe, even though, you know, direction's good. The ship has been turned around for the Jets, but they're not there yet. I'll give up those points for the Patriots, I guess. I feel like I'll lay to. them, but I don't see the Pats winning many games this year by a touchdown plus neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to yeah. play a lot of tight games, and that's their recipe, and win on special teams and the, in the margins. But I think they're noticeably better than the Jets right now. All right, running out of time here. Let's get to the rest of these games tomorrow. That's about half of the week two slate. We've got Saints-Panthers coming up to preview tomorrow that are part of the early game schedule. There's a lot more early games than late games. Broncos-Jags are in the morning as well for us West Coasters. Uh, Then the rest of the afternoon games, primetime Chiefs-Ravens-Lions-Packers as well to cover and preview tomorrow. And we'll review what we saw from Thursday night tonight, which should be a lot of fun in week two. We've got it all covered for you daily right here. Peacock and Williamson.